Hi everyone, welcome to my fifth Cheetah Girls podcast. In today's episode, we're going to explore how professional counselors and counselor educators design advocacy plans. And so to frame our conversation, it is important to remember that in the counseling field, professional advocacy is always about working with our clients and on behalf of our clients. And in fact, the 2015 Multicultural and Social Justice Counseling Competencies state that privileged and marginalized counselors intervene with and on behalf of clients at the intrapersonal level, interpersonal level, institutional level, community level, public policy level, and the international or global level. So when professional counselors or counselor educators are designing a advocacy plan, there are basically three main steps. And the first step is to identify an issue and at what level the counselor or counselor educator wants to advocate for change and or where there's impact needed. The second step is to ground that advocacy plan in a framework. We don't just want to willy-nilly design an advocacy plan. We want to ground it in a framework. And then once those two steps have been accomplished, then we want to um, develop the actual action plan that reflects our leadership philosophy and our leadership style. And embedded in that, we certainly need to think about uh, what resources are needed, what financial support might be needed, um, what partnerships need to be established, etc. But to drill down just a little bit more in each of the steps, again, the first step is to just identify an issue and at what level we want to impact change. And as I mentioned, the multicultural and social justice comp- counseling competencies indicate that there are six levels that we could impact change. And the first level is at the intrapersonal level. And this is where, as counselors, we address the intrapersonal processes that impact both privileged and marginalized clients. It's helping our clients um, with their own self-knowledge, attitudes, behavior, skills, and developmental history. So a few examples of a plan that could be enacted at the intrapersonal level is working with our clients to um, address the internalized privilege that our privileged clients experience and also the internalized oppression that our marginalized clients experience. And then it might mean assisting them in unlearning their privilege and oppression. Um, It might mean assisting them in developing self-advocacy skills so that they can promote multiculturalism and social justice in their lives. If we were to develop a plan at the interpersonal level, um, as counselors, we are looking to address the interpersonal processes that impact our privileged and marginalized clients. So we're really looking at the family, friends, and peers. So a couple of examples here might be working with our clients to examine the relationships that they have with their family, friends, and peers, and determining are those sources of support or non-support. 
Um, and it also might mean assisting our clients in developing communication skills so that they can discuss issues of power, privilege, and oppression with family, friends, peers, and colleagues. If we were to develop a plan at the institutional level, um, more than likely as counselors, we're gonna be addressing inequities at the institutional level. And the social institutions that I'm referring to are things such as schools, churches, community organizations. So a plan at this level might focus on connecting our privileged and marginalized clients with supportive individuals within those social institutions. Um, and so when I, I read that, it made me think of Danny and Oriana's uh, advocacy project from our uh, social justice class where they created a plan where they could connect uh, families, I believe immigrant families, um, families who, who maybe English is not their first language, with someone at the school to help them navigate um, the, the various systems of you know, education in the United States. So that is advocating at the institutional level, removing systemic barriers that might exist. If we were to develop a plan at the community level, we're really looking at how can we have an impact um, on community norms and values and regulations that might impede the development of our clients. And so an example here might be um, as counselors or counselor educators conducting qualitative or quantitative research to evaluate the degree to which those norms, values, and regulations influence our clients. Um, so that's a way to advocate at um, the community level. If we were to advocate at the public policy level, we're focusing primarily on the local, state, and federal laws and policies that regulate or influence our clients' human growth and development. So this is absolutely looking at creating more equitable outcomes for our clients and ensuring that they have access to things like employment, healthcare, education, et cetera. So really working with those policies and laws that can impact our clients. And then finally, at the international and, and global level, um, it's it might be a plan at this level for a counselor or counselor educator to seek professional develop, development uh, to learn more about how our clients might be influenced by international and global affairs or using our great technology that we have to connect and collaborate with professionals um, around the world in, in helping our privileged and marginalized clients. So again, step one, identify an issue and at what level change should be impacted. Step two then, as I mentioned, is to ground the advocacy plan in a framework. And there isn't one framework that's the be all end all, but it is important to ground our work in a framework. And so one possible option is to ground it in the multicultural and social justice counseling competencies. Um, that is a framework that outlines um, just what I described, all the different levels and the different options for uh, advocating with and on behalf of our clients. But another option might be to ground the advocacy work in something like an American School Counselor Association framework or position statement. Um, there's you know, a lot of guiding principles and frameworks that we could ground the work in. 
But one additional option is to consider Goodman et al.'s 2004 Feminist and Multicultural Principles for Action. Um, so her work or her team's work um, is really helpful for guiding our advocacy efforts. And so you can refer to more details in our study guide, but I think the big takeaways in grounding our work in this particular framework is that it does require ongoing self-examination of self and ensuring that our biases and values are not driving the work. The, the advocacy work, again, needs to be with and, be, and on behalf of our clients. The other takeaway is it's important to share power. Um, we, you know, this is where we talk a lot about um, warning ourselves about not being these um, saviors and, and rescuers. We really want to focus on the collective over the individual and ensuring that all voices are heard uh, in our advocacy efforts. Another prominent principle from Goodman et al. 2004 is giving voice. And this is central to feminist theory, um, but it is so important to advocate on behalf, again, of the perspective of our clients. A couple of the other uh, principles are conscious raising. We've talked about that a little bit, focusing on strengths, and then finally leaving our, whatever our advocacy effort is, is to leave the client or the institution or whatever it might be with tools to move forward. Um, we just don't want our clients uh, to become dependent on us for all of um, the advocacy efforts. So um, once you've identified an issue, you've determined at what level you want to impact change and you've grounded your work, um, then it's time to really develop the action steps, the actual, what are we gonna do? And it should always reflect your leadership philosophy and style. Um, that's a really important aspect of designing an advocacy plan. And then as I mentioned previously, as part of that uh, action step planning, it is important to consider um, what financial support might be needed, what resources, and any partnerships that might need to be established. So this concludes another Cheetah Girls podcast. I hope you learned a lot, and I'll look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks.